Hello and welcome to another episode of Hot Takes, the Story Screen Presents podcast where we see new movies, get hot impressions, and bring that to you, the audience, through audio waves, which is a form of technology that I hear goes directly into the ear. My name is Robbie Anderson, I'm your host with the Mostus, and I'm joined by our fearless leader, the busiest man in show business. Stop. What's his, what your name? What's your name again? Uh, I'm Mike Burge. Mike Burge. How you doing, Mike? Mike? Yeah, I'm good. How are you, Robbie? I'm good. I'm good, man. It's been a while. Like I feel like we were just sitting in a theater watching a movie. <laughs> it feels together. like it was very recently. Uh, I guess um, we're the DC boys now. Yeah, it's uh, we did our a subsect uh, did of battering our, our episode <laughs> on um, jo- Joker. Uh, Joe Joker. Joker. Joe Joseph Joke. Joker. Wait, joke. Wait, Joker. Uh, Who's in that one again? Joke Queen Phoenix. Has anybody made that joke yet? I think you're the one. <laughs> I think you're the one. That's, is that that's the why one? I'm the busiest man in show business. The busiest man. man. I'm coming up with those I thought, bits. I thought Heath Ledger was the Joker. In um, uh, Heath Ledger, Heath, Heath Laughter was the Joker. In, <laughs> you think anybody's made that one yet either? No, oh, shit. That's a first. I think I just broke it. Oh, shit. Um, Heath. Heath. Yeah. Ledger. <laughs> uh, I'm already laughing. This is gonna be a good Sorry. episode. Yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah, no, we did. Uh, we did our episode on Joker late night. Um, yeah, way back when. Seems like forever ago. And Years. now, and now here we are. Another delicious. Yeah. WBDC joint. Joint. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we saw the the sequel to Academy Award winning film Suicide Squad. We saw Birds of Prey. The Fabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. Ooh, did I get that? Dawn of Justice. I think that's it. Hey, Dawn of Justice, VOD. Yeah, get we at saw you. B-O-P, <laughs> A-F, Ooh, no, wait, A-T-F, E, One Harley O, yeah. O, H-Q. That, that, one one Harley take, Quinn. that one will take some time to get. We'll get it. Yeah, we'll... we saw Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey, yeah. We saw Birds of Prey, B-O-P. Um, yeah, and... Birds, what's your what's your hot take on Birds of Prey? That was, a, that was a lot of fun. That was a fun fun movie. I agree. I was delightfully surprised with it. We can't do any spoilers at first. No spoilers uh, at first. Broad uh, strokes. I would love to talk about specifically real quick off the bat. Mm. Uh, I was one of my most. I was anticipating talking to you about this specific thing. Uh, you in the past, especially with the Batman movies, have talked about. Uh, like action scenes and stuff fight like choreography, that. fight choreography, yeah. and one of the really interesting things about this movie was uh, uh, Kathy Kathy Yan, I believe so. Yeah, uh, who I'm not familiar with. I know that she's the director of Dead Pigs, which was a movie that came out very recently. She hasn't done a lot of I have stuff. Not seen, especially compared to this movie, which is huge. Yes, like giant. Yeah. yeah, I I took a quick look at her IMDb a few weeks back in preparation, like getting excited about Birds of Prey and yeah. saw that she was primarily a short director, but she's also like a big creative hand in it. She produces, writes a lot of like different stuff. Mm. Uh, but Dead Pigs was the one that popped off as like the feature film that I remember hearing about and never saw, but uh, looks good. I watched the trailer yeah. earlier. Looks good. I want to see it now, especially after seeing this. Right. Uh, but I do like that uh, she chooses to not do like the quick edit 
stuff. She really kind of sits with the choreography and lets you kind of take it in like a dance. Uh, yes. It's hot, really cool. Hot take with this movie. Yeah, I've, I've always been very uh, critical of uh, Batman films and kind of like maybe even DC films in general uh, with their the way they do fight choreography. I've never been super into it because like the Nolan movies kind of were almost that like born mentality where it was kind of like many cuts in a mm-hmm. fight scene. They're very close and that was never my cup of tea necessarily. Uh, but yeah, the, the fight choreography in this movie is fucking great. And I, I think we kind of just jumped into like a nitty gritty of it pretty quickly. But mm-hmm. yeah, the action sequences in this movie are a ton of fun. Um, but yeah, I really liked it. It It's colorful. It's campy. It's funny. It's got a lot of, it's got a lot of energy. Yeah. Like a lot of positive energy. I totally agree. It's pretty neat. On the fight choreography, real quick, sure. Joe, they didn't do the one thing that I've always kind of like argued with you about that I like but you don't like. Okay. And it is whenever um, a uh, female character is fighting, they do that that the, leg, the leg grab, spinning, flippy, the, the spinning Black thing. Widow, the yeah, Scar, like the Scar Joe goes, flip. Of yeah. which I'm like, oh yeah, because it's kind of just like, yeah, which a wow, and it looks cool. Like, it does. I'm, yeah, they that's why they, it that's a lot. why they do it. And yeah. I was keeping my eye out, and there's not a single one in this entire. They almost do it <laughs> a few times, a few times. But she'll do the arm bar move mm-hmm. more often. Uh, you know, maybe we'll get into more of those fight scenes when we get to spoilers. Yeah, spoiler but, alert. There's no uh, leg grabby flippy yeah there's spin. no there's no black widow twists in this movie which is the name of a new cocktail i've been developing you think black widow will do it in black i think i think we black should... widow and and the emancipation of uh yeah i feel like we've seen it in the trailer already i think her and florence Pugh and rachel vice are gonna do it at the same time they're gonna do it to three people at the same time that's gonna be so much fun and um oh what's his face uh what's what's hopper's real name it's not hopper because that's a stranger things name. hellboy (laughs) so hellboy is gonna do it Mm -hmm. with them as well and they're all gonna just twist them on the ground um yeah the movie's a ton of ton of fun so mike i haven't seen uh suicide squad I think part of the reason I was excited for this movie is that I, I didn't bother seeing Suicide Squad. I, yeah. I've ignored it. It somehow hasn't made it into our Batarang episodes, the podcast we do about Batman. Much to my... I tried. You tried. I didn't want to no, do it. No, we didn't. Batman's in that one. Yeah. yeah. So, so what, are your feel, what are your feelings on Suicide Squad and, and how, how does Suicide Squad compare to this movie? Um, you know, not really trying to be funny, like, at all. It's not a joke. Like, Suicide Squad is a nightmare. Okay. Uh, but I'm also the worst person to ask that because I watched, uh, I watched Suicide Squad and Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice back to back because I hadn't seen either one in theaters and I wanted to watch them. They came out the same year and I wanted to watch them, I think, to make my 2016 uh, list, I think it was 2016. You thought they were gonna, it was gonna make it on there? No, but I want, I always gave, like, the, I always try to watch the big guns just to be sure. able to try and get them in there into the conversation, make fun of them in the introduction or something hey, like fair that. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, Suicide Squad is, um, uh, it, it's a, a cancerous thing. It, it sticks, <laughs> it sticks with you, man. And yeah. it's, there's a lot of like good intention in there, but also a fair amount of ill will against it. It's very much a ripoff of Guardians of the Galaxy in almost every possible way, and it kind of brandishes that in a very kind of uh, d- disgusting way, yeah. which is why it's so ironic that James Gunn is coming in to like kind of re- soft reboot it. I was going to kind of say, like, 
you know, when when does Suicide Squad came out in 2016? I believe so. How the universe has changed in uh, four years. Yes. Where, you know, Suicide Squad, you know, came out in a time where I think DC was still gung-ho about kind of doing their more um, expanded universe but connected universe, similar to Marvel. Um, mm-hmm. And they just kept having doo-doos after doo-doos. And now we have Aquaman, Shazam, this movie. I still haven't seen Shazam. I think you would like Shazam. I, I believe that I would, too. I've heard nothing but good things from people I, that know my tastes. I like Shazam. I think it's got some issues, but I think it... it what I thought it was the best of these new DC movies, like the, the, Man of, the Snyder era of these DC movies that we have been ushered into. Mm. I thought Shazam was the best until oh. I saw Birds of Prey. I think Birds of Prey is the best of those movies. Without a doubt in my mind. Yeah, I haven't seen Shazam, but like it's Birds of Prey definitely has like a unique energy that a lot of the other movies don't have. Mm. Um, it also does this thing that a lot of these big ensemble movies uh, can't do, whether they're big blockbusters or even just like you know your basic like big ensemble like cast. Yeah. Where uh, I walk out of it and I know all of the main characters' names. And sometimes that can be hard to communicate. Like, I yeah. know Huntress and Black Canary and Harley Quinn and Detective Montoya and Cassandra Khan. I know their names. And yeah. I was thinking about that, like, halfway through the movie. I was like, fuck, I know all their names, like, very easily. And I'm not too familiar with all of them, like, from reading comics and stuff like that. I know Black Canary and Huntress and Harley Quinn, obviously. But the, the other yeah. characters are from the are from the comics, and I'm not familiar with them i'm not i was not familiar with any of them yeah. i'm not even sure like how much like birds of prey is is it based off of like a one-off series with harley uh, quinn yeah, Bur- no no not harley quinn uh sometimes she fights them and stuff like that but birds of prey is pretty much just kind of like a lady squad uh yeah in gotham and stuff like gotcha. that like there was a tv show version of it for like a season or two way back when cartoon or uh no it was live, live action, action? it's kind of oh. like in the smallville days and stuff like that oh, okay i'm also not too familiar with that i never watched it right uh, it, it was kind of a thing that just kind of went over me and I it got canceled uh, yeah. before it really like was able to catch on to like the, the pop culture zeitgeist where I would pay attention and be like, oh, I need to catch up. You on were that. a Smallville boy though, right? I was a Smallville boy. I, was not, I, never, I never got it. into it. It's long, right? There's a uh, yeah, I think I stopped watching sometime in the sixth season. Uh, second season of Smallville has one of my favorite season finales. It's a damn good season. I feel finale. like, you know, without having seen Smallville, I feel like that's the best interpretation of Superman that's been done so far. I'm there. Uh, Superman's fun because like, he's such yeah. a, he's such like a interesting character to do. Uh, but yeah, like doing like young, like I really love Brandon Ruth's Superman mm-hmm. in uh, um, Superman Returns. Like yeah. just enough Christopher Reeves with, with just like the, like some new newer stuff in there, and he's on like the DC Arrow universe or whatever like that. Now well, they're doing like the they weird the like crossover thing, thing yeah. which yeah. is like cool because they had a they do like the Crisis on Infinite Earths kind of right. thing that from the comics where they like mix a bunch of people together. I'm not super into the CW stuff, but I know a lot of people who are were very into that. And that's mm, cool. Yeah, but I feel like uh, I think DC's a weird. It's in a weird space with movies right now because I feel like they kind of are on the the quality roller coaster a little bit, and I feel like uh, they're steering the ship in the right direction. Because um, I feel like I think Aquaman. We saw Aquaman together. Yes, we did. Yeah, just a nice afternoon matinee. Yep. Uh, we didn't record anything about it. No. 
That was just, we saw a movie as friends. That was friends just us. Just normal people. Mm-hmm. We do that. And three other people in the theater. Yep. Because it had been out for like I a was out for a, a while. I think I was just like, hey, I'm going to go see Aquaman. And I think Jack was like, I'm not going to see that shit. And you were like, yeah. I was in the middle of watching another movie. And I yeah. was like, <laughs> I was like, I can, I can do this. Let's see fucking Let's Aquaman. Uh, and we, I don't even remember, did we like Aquaman? I liked Aquaman. I, I like, again, I, like, I liked its energy. I liked its kind uh-huh. of like, it's kind of like tongue in cheek, like way of kind of like not taking itself too seriously, which yeah. this movie does Birds well. of Prey has in spades as well, where it's just mm-hmm. like, yeah, like that's really, you guys are just like having so much fun yeah. and you, you have actual themes that you're discussing while not like shoving them down my throat. Right. Uh, I, I, the movie moves at a very brisk pace and it has fun. It looks cool. It sounds cool. There's good music in it. All of the acting is crazy. It's crazy that Margot Robbie is in these movies. It's crazy because it, she's like, a very good she's actress. insanely good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's like the scene in the grocery store, not being specific or anything, but it's just like, it's just her like talking. She's being like, awesome. Margot Robbie is like a really yeah. good actor. Well, and you know, she really cares about like the Harley Quinn character. Um, there is a, uh, if you're familiar with Hot Ones, listeners, the uh, talk show with uh, Hot Wings and even Hotter Questions. Or no, Hot Questions and even Hotter Wings. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just started their new season uh, today at the time of this recording. And they the first episode is with Margot Robbie. And like apparently she was like super like... She wanted this. The reason this movie got made is because she really wanted to get made. Yeah, like she, she's like a main producer on it. Yeah, she like loves the character and wanted to see it kind of done right. And I think it's cool because I, we said during the movie, and it's not a spoiler that um, Victor Zaz is in the film. He's in the trailers. Mm-hmm. But you were just like, I never thought I'd live long enough to see this character in this movie. Yeah, in a he, movie. In a yeah. movie, yeah. And it's like, like yeah, because he's like a C-list D-list uh, rogue gallery villain, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it's weird. It's it's weird that we've gone to a point in comic book movies that like they can go to these places now. Because mm-hmm. before, I mean, I feel like forever it was either origin stories or even like the Marvel movies, like uh, touch on other subjects, but they're all part of kind of the main machine, the paint, the main like merit- like narrative machine. Where these movies kind of can be segmented and kind of be more about like just the characters in, in like a different way. Mm-hmm. I think more often than not I prefer the Marvel way of doing things. Cause they kind of like kill a few birds with one stone. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm into if more DC movies are doing stuff like this. And I feel like the new wonder woman movie is kind of like in line with yeah, that as well. Definitely. I I'm like, I'm in, I'm in the saddle. It makes more sense to like not try and copy Marvel, but do something that's different. Right. And what DC is doing right now is they're kind of copying Marvel in the sense that they're finding these directors who are, you know, maybe uh, smaller uh, directors or maybe not as, like, um, used to, like, making blockbuster movies, kind of in the way that Marvel, after their phase one, and they did, like, you know, the vets, like Kenneth Branagh and John Favreau and stuff yeah. like that. They were just like, all right, now we're going to do James Gunn, and we're going to get Joss Whedon in here. And Taika Waititi. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, this is – and they're doing that kind of stuff because – mainly they're doing it because they can control them, but they're also doing them because they're unique voices, and they want to, like – you know, Marvel is very notorious for pretty much – Kevin Feige, like, makes these movies. Yeah. And he's just like, so look, you're you're going to do Guardians of the Galaxy – and you need to do this right. and this 
and this. Everything else, you can pretty much do whatever you want as long as it kind of falls in line with our house rules. And yeah. if you can work around with that, awesome. And you can produce something that's got your own voice still attached to it. And if you're not good at working underneath that guy's, you get kicked off. Like, you know, um, uh, Patty Jenkins in Dark World or... Uh, Colin Trevorrow in Star Wars. Exactly. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, even like, you know, uh, Scott Derrickson just like left... Uh, a big one, Edgar Wright, you know, yeah. for Ant-Man. Like, it's like if you can't work inside what they're trying to do, you know, and I can't speak to it because I have not been hired to direct a Marvel movie, but I would imagine that there is a certain amount of frustration that can come out of that. And especially if you've already directed one as Scott Derrickson had and created Dr. Strange, who's probably, you know, second to Spider-Man, Yeah. but it's Spider-Man, the most popular new, like going into phase four, like character. Yeah. You I know? mean, I think it's probably really hard for like, some of the directors that we just talked about are the ones who like, you know, let's not say kicked, but, you know, left under creative differences or whatever. I'm sure, sure. some might have been kicked. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, like someone like Edgar Wright, where he, you know, has killed it and has a bunch of aces in the hole and is like, you know, he he knows what he's doing. But I'm sure, like, with certain constraints, he's just like, I don't need to be doing this, you know. Mm-hmm. But, it, it, you know, it, it's, it's interesting to see what directors kind of can work in these studio systems and what directors kind of, like, choose not to, yeah. you know. And, uh, yeah, and Birds of Prey... Is an interesting one, you know. Judging by the people, judging by the like directors' like previous work, I would not have imagined them doing the jump to doing something this big. And I, I wonder what it's like working in the DC studio system. I feel like we don't know a ton about because we don't hear about a lot of people leaving projects or things like that mm-hmm. as much. Well, I mean, I know that like Aquaman, uh, I think it was uh, Justin Lin, like they just like let him go. Yeah, they're like going. You know, was it Justin Lin that did that one? No, was... I always get my Fast and Furious directors confused. It was. Yeah, looking this one up. Aqua Man, directed by James Wan. James Wan, yes. Aquaman's cool. Uh, I like the visuals. Of Justin Aquaman Lin. A lot. Justin Lin did Star Trek Beyond. Uh. I think that's what I'm getting confused. What else does he do? Justin Lin's the guy that did uh, fucking Fast Five. Oh, hell yeah. Is he doing Fast Nine as well? Is that that's what you were saying? That's the thing that, yeah, he's coming, he's coming back, back to Fast do that. Nine. Yeah. Cool. Which is funny because, like, he brought in, like, the wrestler actor and that, like, in mm-hmm. Fast Five, and it was, like, this huge deal. And now he's bringing in John Cena in this one. And it's like, you know, I can't believe John Cena's Dominic Toretto's brother. Neither can I. It's, uh,. That trailer needs to calm the fuck down. I don't want to like make this about that, but you know that movie, that, that trailer. <laughs> I watched that trailer. I was like, guys, let me see the movie. Like, no, but that's that's been the thing. We said the same shit the with end. the last one, man. Yeah, with the Hobbs and Shaw one. Where even the like, Hobbs, wow, we have the whole fucking movie. Well, right they put here. out the first. The, the, I knew that this trailer was gonna be three years long because they put out the teaser trailer for the trailer, and it's like two minutes long. I'm mm-hmm. like, that's. That's longer than a trailer. Yes. And you're like, this is just the, this is going to wet the whistle. Yeah. But. Yeah, I feel like we're beating around the bush talking about Birds of Prey just because it's like, Mm. I want to talk about specifics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's hard. You're, you're, you're more adept at this than me. I'm, I'm tangent man. Tangent man. I'll like, if I want to like try and not talk about something for a little bit, I'll just start being like. I got the director of Aquaman wrong. <laughs> Let's look that up. I think tangents are fun. Uh, but I think we've kind of, you know, the tangents I want to talk about in the spoiler-free section is kind of like 
you know, maybe familiarizing the listener with where DC has been at and where they mm. are at right now. And I think before we break into spoilers, I would say that I think DC is on the up and up. I'm not really sure what lessons they're learning or figuring out, but I, mean, I think Wonder Woman 84 looks so looks fucking, fucking dope. Yeah. Uh, I think the main thing they figured out is that color is sick. Women uh, are good directors. Women are great directors. Uh-huh. Um, and let's just have a little bit more fun with it. Because, like, Man of Steel, you know, I think has some redeemable qualities. But it's kind of dour. It's a sad. It's very yeah, grace. It's very I like, muted. I like Man of Steel in hindsight more than I did when I first saw it. Because I like Henry Cavill's take on it. But I don't yeah. think that I like Zack Snyder behind the wheel. I think Henry Cavill... Yeah, I totally... I, I completely agree. I even think that like Ben Affleck as like Batman is not the worst. No. I think that Zack Snyder right. directing yeah. them is not I, ideal. I don't think yeah. it's like their performances, uh, which again is like one of the big things with Suicide Squad is that Margot Robbie is absolutely amazing as Harley she, Quinn. In she, that like, she like becomes Harley Quinn. Like she's not like Margot Robbie anymore. Like I, I think the the thing with like Batfleck mm-hmm. is that it's Batfleck. Like it's not, you, yes. you, you, you cannot divorce the two. Henry Cavill is so good at Superman because he really like dissolves in Superman. You see him be like, and like he's good at that. Like I just watched The Witcher and like he just becomes this character who's like essentially just like a video game avatar who's really gruff and mm-hmm. he somehow like does not only that but also adds a layer to it that like makes it like oh this is a TV show now mm-hmm. and like you're kind of getting the most the, the best of both worlds so like yeah I feel like Margot Robbie is very similar in that way where she just kind of like becomes the character and I feel the same yeah. about like Gal Gadot she's got it down like she yeah. knows exactly what this character is supposed to be and how this interpretation her interpretation of the character is supposed to act I think and it's, yeah. it's like a really unique character it's one of the most like I think radical interpretations of mm-hmm. Harley Quinn as well because you know separating her from the Joker and kind of giving her a thing to do and an arc and whatever like is not I don't think something you see a lot of. Uh, I know DC, because DC has their own streaming service now, mm-hmm. as everyone just says. Oh, yeah. The comics always. Yeah. Harley Quinn has had loads of, like, solo runs and stuff like that. Well, they're yeah. coming out. Have you seen the trailers for this, like, it's like an R-rated DC cartoon? Yeah, the animated one. Yeah. And it looks kind of like, it almost Wait, looks. they say bad words. They say fuck and other. Um, That's another thing that I really like in this movie that I think it, I think it really utilizes its R rating without yes, being childish. I completely agree. Like they're using it and it's not just like, you know, like look, I don't fucking like the Deadpool movies, okay? You don't like them at all? No. Wow. Yeah, no, like I think that they're fun. Yeah. And that's what they're supposed to be. Yeah, that's all they really I find them for. mildly annoying, but I think that's kind of the point. Yeah. Also, so I like that's the whole thing. Like, I don't like them because they're confusing. Because I'm like, am I supposed to not like this? But then that makes me enjoy it. They're fine. They're the they're kind of fine. They're the kind of movies that like. I when I saw Deadpool one theaters, I was like, this movie's a lot of fun. I really like it. Mm-hmm. And then when I rewatched it like a few months later, hyped I down, knowing what's happening, I was like, yeah, this movie's fine. Yeah. And then Deadpool 2, I also was like a little bit harder on when I saw. I like Deadpool 2, I think, more than Deadpool 1. I think I. I was in a better mood. Yeah. I think, well, that's the. It's a mood movie. That is certainly that. I mean, it's like a comedy, you know? Yeah. And we'll see what what Disney's going to do with Deadpool now. That's like, but like, using like the R rating and stuff like that in this is just. There's moments of the movie that almost kind of feel like the older superhero movies that we used to get, like. 
your daredevils and like all that shit back your catwoman there's a there's an early aughts energy to some of the scenes yes but like it's it's almost like aware of it i think it's 100 percent aware of it yeah you meet you needn't look no further than you and mcgregor's (laughs) performance in this he is he's not even the best part of the movie he's a part of many great parts of the movie but he is so fucking good He's in the flick. He's great in it. Like I love it's it. it's one of those things where you're like, this is a movie that is like one of the first big all female superhero or like just like super comic book character team ups. Yeah, and you're just like, fuck, <laughs> the one like main dude in this is really good. Yeah. The thing is, you know, he is really good, but luckily Margot Robbie still is like. Mm-hmm. It's like Queen when Bee, we when we know? saw Wonder Woman and we were just like. Yeah, Gal Gadot's great in Wonder Woman. Every this is like a really fun movie. Chris Pine's really fucking good in this movie, where you're like he's locked in. Yeah, well, you know, he's th- doing his job to elevate the movie. I mean, the thing about Chris Pine and like Wonder Woman is that he's kind of like the emotional anchor, kind of like how like the feminine energy yes. of like a male dominated movie would be. He really brings that yes. energy to that movie, yeah, and it's like refreshing to see that. And he's also a talented actor, so he knows how to play it right. Well, he knows he kind of knows how to be like subdued in that role but also kind of like have emotional weight and be like a human mm-hmm. in it and uh yeah he's one of the best parts of that movie mm-hmm. wonder woman's really good until you get to like the last like half hour and it's just like well yeah because the, 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 yeah, the first wonder woman kind of falls apart which i think was in a bunch of dc mandated stuff and i think they're gonna yeah. let they're gonna let patty jenkins kind of just like go her own <clears throat> was it patty jenkins that directed wonder woman was that james I... wan <laughs> i think it was, was it? i think it was uh, uh james wan yeah Sophia, there wasn't, there, there wasn't enough motorcycle fights mm-hmm. for it to be James Wan. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think we're ready to talk about spoilies. I want to talk about how I feel about Black Masks Masks huh. and why they're even there. Um, how could you cover up Ewan McGregor's face for even a moment? I'm sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. All right. We're going to come back uh, after this break. We're going to talk about spoilies. We're going to talk about who dies. We're going to talk about set pieces, direct lines of dialogue, um, Ewan McGregor's uh, mascara color it's black and uh, yeah so we'll be right back with those so if you haven't seen her, uh, we recommend seeing it if you can see it at uh, this really cool like independent movie theater I really I really like it's called the Storage Beacon Theater, theater located at 445 Main Street in Beacon, New York um, if, if, you get, if you have to see Harley Quinn do the thing if you have to see Birds of Prey you should see it there um, and that's just that's just how I feel you think you agree, Mike? Yeah, it's pretty good theater. It's it's fine. All right, so we're gonna be right back after this break, and we're gonna talk about spoilies. And we're back to talk about spoilies for Birds of Prey, starring all of them. Uh, so Mike, do you have a specific moment you wanna? Yell to jump into this spoily section of the podcast. Um, the the end the <laughs> how they take out Ewan McGregor is <laughs> the um, fucking best. It's one of those movie magic things that I've been trying to like isolate and keep count of, where you're just like where a movie just transcends, like mm-hmm. where you're just like for a brief moment, the whole movie doesn't have to be masterful, you know, as a whole. Um. It can just contain one truly masterful moment <laughs> that is just built up correctly, executed correctly, and just dealt with just just like with such craft 
<laughs> and the way they take you and McGregor out, not to jump immediately over to that, but it really That's is fine. Fact, we burst out laughing. It was, it was one brilliant. of the they blow him up. Yeah. I had it I thought for a so moment quickly. I was like they're not going to kill him because they want to keep that's, him for you, more that's movies. That's what you think. Yeah. Like the, and that's why the movie I think is very aware of anything that you can kind of toss at it where like oh I don't know if it's aware that it kind of feels like one of these early alt movies or but I think that it fully is because it has these moments that it plays on and builds up on like they have the line right afterwards and just be like is he gone? Good. Fuck yeah. that guy. Exactly. And I think you know with it being this like Without, with, now that these movies don't have to be so aggressively intertwined, you know, now they can do things where it's just like, yeah, we have Black Mask in our movie. I'm not sure if we're making another Harley Quinn movie. I really hope they do. Um, but like, you know, Black Mask can be in another fucking movie. It doesn't matter. It'd be yeah. someone else. It'd be fine. But this yeah, movie it, could, so- it could even be in this universe. It could be his dad. Yeah. Like who gives like a shit? Like his dad's the real Black Mask and that he's just like a whiny little bitch. Doesn't even matter. But like it's God, so- he's such a whiny little bitch in this yeah, movie. Yeah, but I it's so it. good. He, it's, it's perfect. So it's exactly good. what it needs. And the way like him and, and, and Zaz play with each other in that mm-hmm. space too, it's really good. And not to make this... Female-led movie all about the boys. No, no, get the get this talk get out this of the out yeah. real quick. But and, they're yeah. but they're really good and they're a ton of fun. Um, I feel like there's some like coding to like maybe like uh, a queerish relationship happening. Oh, one hundred percent. But I wish I wish they pushed it a little bit further and just like went with it. I agree that that's a good wish to have. It's a good. Wish. I kind of like the way that they treat it, where Fair it enough. is it is not. Um, because you think about it, if they did go the whole way, there's kind of an implication there. Like, because they're the bad guys. Yeah. You know? If you add a, regardless of like gender in the scenario, if you add the romantic component to, if you add the romance chip to the narrative circuit board, mm-hmm. it changes what's going on. Yes. I, I get it. Yeah. And, and I kind of like they just tiptoe around it and stuff where you're just kind of like, tee hee hee. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. And I think that th- those two actors play off of each other very well. I think they're, again, very aware that that kind of energy is, is going on. And I yeah. think that they made the choice to not push it too far. Fair enough. And I, but I do love it. It's great. It is Great, it's, and like uh, every one of scene they're in, best performances. Well, I was thinking, I was like, have I ever seen him be like a bad guy or like a villain? Like, mm. there's like roles where like Fargo, where he kind of like is villainous. Yeah, I mean, you know, in in Train Spotting, he's not like a good guy necessarily, True. but he's not like a villain. Yeah, he's a you know? protagonist. He's not. Yeah, he's a scumbag. He's not like he's a, not like a he's not a dastardly villain. No, um, it was fun seeing him play in that space and him just like he. He really brings, like, that energy, or he kind of helps, like, focus that energy in a lot of scenes that I think, like, the production really wanted in the overall movie, and I think really nails it. Mm -hmm. He really, like, you know, the scenes that he's in, he kind of, like, helps, like, he's almost like an adrenaline injection. Yes. But used properly, you Mm -hmm. know, like, it's, it's by design to be that way. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole movie, you know, Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn is, like, getting over, breaking up with the Joker, and they very, uh, very creatively Get rid of to not <laughs> put uh, the Joker in there. Because we don't want to see the age difference between Margot Robbie and Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't know if you, Rob, I don't know if you know this. I'm listening. Um, yeah, I know. The Todd Phillips Joker takes place in the 80s. 
during like when the gritty uh, 80s. when the when Taxi Driver takes place. Yes, the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he would actually be Robbie. Almost so like I'm he here. would actually be a lot older, which is why maybe he's not the real Joker and he's just the one that like inspired inspired Leto's Joker to be the jokester. Yeah. Um, I love that this movie aggressively doesn't like Jared Leto. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, because they kind of do make him the bad guy. Uh, right. Like, the, the the shadow over, like, Margot, like, uh, uh, I keep calling her Margot Robbie because she's fucking Margot Robbie. Just call her Margot Quinn. like, Har- Harley Quinn. Harley Robbie. <laughs> Harley Quinn's character, like, they really, they emphasize right at the beginning, like, she is, she is a uh, psychologist. She is a very smart person yes. who was driven insane, and it was all because she kind of fell in love with the wrong guy. Yeah. And it's kind of this whole codependency, toxic relationship kind of stuff, uh, similar to my favorite movie of the year, Midsummer. Um, uh-huh. There's there's a lot of like kind of like you know skipping over like realize Suicide Squad. She realizes it's a toxic relationship. One of the big things in Suicide Squad is you know Jared Leto is also barely in that fucking movie, much to his. Yeah, jargon. yeah, he's not happy about any of this. Stuff. No, he's but not he gets happy to be Mister Vampire and Morbius. You watch that trailer. Yeah. Okay. With like Michael Keaton at the end, and you're just like, well, nothing fucking matters. Anymore. I get no Who cares. Nothing matters at all. Can you believe that they put the fucking after credits stinger in the trailer? <laughs> Morbius. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's not happening in the movie. It's that's gonna weird. be the last scene. Of- it's weird. Everyone's just like, I know, I know, we're making this, but like now, Spider Man's like around. It's kind like, of. I don't give a fucking Who cares? shit. I didn't even like Morbius that much in the animated show, and he's really good. Who cares? I mean. That's the next big thing is just bring all these things together. Um, But I do like uh, in Suicide Squad, there's the whole thing is like she has a revelation is the main character. Joker is not a main character in that movie. He kind of comes in and out as kind of he's not even the bad guy. Well, they advertise it being like Joker's the main guy. Well, because they're just like we want to get on that Joker train. We also want to get the boys in here. Yeah. And so they they kind of like play around with Margot Robbie's kind of like, oh, fuck. Harley Quinn is kind of like. I need to do this to get back to Mr. J and like find yeah. him and all that stuff. And then by the end, she realizes that Joker doesn't even fucking care about her right. in his like wacky, insane way. So it's this kind of like codependent, toxic relationship that she realizes at the end of that maybe she doesn't want anything to do with that. But then also she kind of does because right. she's codependent and she loves him. And this one kind of like retrofits that and just goes in. They got in a fight and they're broken up. And, and then she's out. And it's a very interesting, um, uh, like, kind of, like, uh, story beat to make it that everybody is going after Harley Quinn because now she doesn't have the Joker to protect her. She's vulnerable now. Exactly. Yeah. That, like, this man in her life that is the only reason that she is protected because everybody's afraid of him, even though she's just as dangerous. Mm-hmm. But she's not as, um, I guess... She's not as intimidatingly formidable. She's, like, she's just as formidable as he is, but Joker has, like, that he's the clown prince of crime. He's I, the harlequin of hate. It's, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, 100%. And I think, you know, the movie almost kind of plays into, like, what the, uh, how the Arkham games operate, where, like, there's a rogues gallery villain, and then they have a bunch of goons yes. who, like, dress like them, mm-hmm. and that's, like, their posse. So I feel like this movie kind of implies that, like, Joker, not too unlike Sionis, uh, Black Mask, uh, has resources. He's like another gang faction and has yeah. boys and has, 
and has resources, and that's like how he operates in the yeah, space. Yeah, they as don't well. fuck with each other. They don't fuck with each other. But now that Harley Quinn's out, now it's like now we just fuck with her because mm-hmm. she sucks. Yeah, she pissed at my Britta that was revealed during the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like his kind of um, you McGregor, like Black Mask's character. Yeah. How he kind of is the Joker character to all of our five main characters in there, where he's just kind of like he's after one because she's got the jewel, and 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 one is after him because he's a criminal and she's a cop, and yeah. one is after him because like oh she works for him and she's trying to like bring him down from the inside, and the other one's like on a big vendetta. Like they all have their different reasons why this guy would be, like, in their sights or this guy would have them in his sights. Yeah. And it all boils down to, like, he's just this, like, fucking asshole, like, whiny baby. My things. My that things. jewel is one of my that things. That is one of my things. That's my thing. Get it's the good. fuck out of here. It's good it's stuff. Good. Like, and it's, yeah. I think it's really fun to be able to, like, have these five independent, like, independently powerful women mm-hmm. come together that really don't have anything to do with one another and kind of don't even really like each other. I, I mean, I really like how the choice... You see the movie and you think it's like a team-up movie. And it really is only that at the end, and it's earned. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know? 100%. And that's really... That's, like, really cool. The whole time in the movie, I'm like, when are they all going to, like, play nice and do whatever? And it's just like, oh, it's now, mm-hmm. but I'm in. But, like, I'm in. Because, like, you explain to everybody... Sometimes tell me, sometimes there's like it, there's also really smart uses of like lampshading, you know, of like how'd you get her roller skates on or uh how did this happen? And, and but I feel like it all works totally yeah, in the movie. And I again, think so. I think it's I think it's earned. Yeah, it's like a testament to the energy of the movie. Where right. the movie is like it's not taking itself so seriously, so it, it it's it's has these moments of really kind of almost breaking the wall and reminding you that you're watching a movie, but they flow naturally because you're like, yeah. I'm having fun with this movie. It's almost like a surreal, fever dreamy, like Guy Ritchie movie. Yeah. You know, like the editing styles of yeah. it. The, I like the structure. I think it gets a little slow in the middle. That's probably my one negative thing. I think I... when they go, when they uh, rubber band back again. Yes. Like during the cop scene. Which, you know, you kind of have to if you're introducing all these characters and you want to give them all their own weights and stakes. It works. It works. It, it definitely works by time you catch back up. Yeah. But I do think, like, when you're watching it, I think when you watch it for the second time, you're going to be, like, way more into yeah. it. But seeing for the first time, like, when she walks into the police station, I'm like, okay, like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And then then they finally, like, get back to it. I'm like, oh, I, I understand. Mm-hmm. Like, it almost makes you, you know, I think everyone can be guilty of this. And when you watch enough movies, you can be less guilty of it because it probably still happens. When, you, when the movie does something, you're like, oh, the movie forgot. The movie forgot. The movie's fucking up. Mm-hmm. There's a plot hole right there, mm-hmm. and then the movie will will show you that it's been withholding its hand, and it reveals how yes. it works. And I had that moment in that moment. I was just like, the movie fucked up. It skipped. Mm-hmm. It skips on this movie's stupid, <laughs> and then it it corrected me. And it was good. yeah. Well, I think it's yeah. When she shows up, it's like well, the last thing we saw is her get captured, and we're like, all right, yeah. we're gonna have to get the holes filled in here somewhere. So it was good. Yeah. Um, I do like that they use that storytelling break to break up. The big fight scene, which is essentially three fight scenes. There's the the break into the, there's the yeah. police station. I was gonna say, luckily we get to see her break room. into the police station yeah. twice because that's yes. like the best scene. Mm-hmm. It's the best like fight. I think it's the best action set piece of the movie in the police station. Yeah, and it, that's including the jail cell and the evidence room. Yes, yeah, because the evidence room is the a, best fucking thing. A fucking plus when she gets the the bat back and mm-hmm. just it's so good. Starts fucking shit. The the fight choreography in this movie—it's very—it cannot be understated how no. like 
great it is. It's very good. Uh, it's a very physical performance. A lot of the stuff is Margot Robbie. Obviously not the crazy shit, but yeah. the, she, you see her face in there quite a bit. I was I was like keeping an eye out for it too. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just like, oh yeah, she's like actually doing these things. Like she's fucking rollerblading the entire movie. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. <laughs> and they have that yeah. great like scene at the end, like that kind of like you know Avengers scene where it's like kind of spinning around and you're seeing all like Huntress and Black yeah. Canary all doing their own thing and everything. And and you think you've seen too many action scenes in a funhouse mirror, mm-hmm. and then you get this one. You're it's like, nah, I'm fine. <laughs> and I like I love the like the little tiny things that they don't even really completely point out after the fact. They kind of let you know like. Hey, if you've been paying attention, you know that this is what's going on with this character right now, and now they're all doing these fighting scenes. So yeah. it's like, like in that, like uh, Detective Montoya, like she's drunk. Yeah, she's hammered. She's hammered in that last scene. Yeah, like so while she's like shooting all these people and fighting all these, beating them with wasted. a nightstick. Yeah, and you know uh, Cassandra Khan is like uh, probably has to take a big poop. You know, because she's been drinking, drinking laxative and, like, prune juice, juice yeah, and everything. Like the whole, so she's probably just, like, not feel like, yeah. even if she doesn't have to go yet, like, her belly's got to be kind of rolling. That's another thing I really like about this, like, all-female action movie is that it's, like, really dirty and, like, yeah. raw, like, just, like, like nasty. And I, and I love that about it. Well, because, like, it's Harley Quinn's, like, the whole Suicide Squad thing is, like, uh, is, like, scum chic. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like it's scum bum dirtbag yeah. stuff, and that she's kind of pulling these people into it. And you have like it's like she's ripping, you know, uh, like four people from different from four different movies. Like she's ripping Cassandra Khan from like the Deadpool two like kid that needs yes. to be protected and saved. One hundred percent. She's ripping Detective Montoya from like some like Black Canary. I'm X-Men. Jim Gordon. Like yeah. we have to catch the Batman, and then Huntress is like in her own movie. And she's always in her own movie. She's Hawkeye. She's, but she's also like, she's, she's not, Ronan. It's like she's not aware that she's in an ensemble movie. She's yeah. kind of like, no, this isn't the movie. I was in the movie before, and then you guys hijacked my movie. So I'm yeah. just here hanging out with you guys. I love, now. I love the speed run to introduce who she is. Yeah. Like, it, like, cause it, it like, it, again, like in all movies, like it really shouldn't work. And in this movie, it like totally does. And, uh, I think I think like as I was watching the movie, like I became more and more into it as it went along, which I guess is like what movies should do. But like, I wasn't say I, I was going to the movie thinking it was going to be a lot of fun, but I was also just kind of like very critical of DC movies. I know Suicide Squad's not good, so I was just kind of like, what's going to be like the weird thing where I'm like, this is just not very good. But I thought the movie did a really good job of like, it doesn't have those trappings of other DC movies where it's put together to be to be more cool than it does make sense. Like, mm-hmm. I think the movie is cool and does make sense, and you can't say that about all those movies. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't say that about, like, uh, BVS DOJ, where there's, like, a lot of really cool, like, different things happening. Or like, yes. like, 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 no, like, no, no, yes, right. Like, like, there's a scene where like Batman has like a fever dream where he like sees the future, sees like all this weird shit, and and it's just like, yeah, if this was like one frame of like a comic book, this would be cool. But when you try and like edit it all together, it's like, so let me get focused. No, yeah. It's tonally unbalanced, and this yes. movie is very tonally balanced. It knows very what it is. Very tonally balanced. It's it's yeah. a thing where it's like you know what you have, so you yeah. know how to control it and bend it and twist it in interesting, fun, and different ways. So you're not the same stale, fucking dumb thing. Yeah. For over two hours, I think it knows when to like flex. I think it knows when to like tone itself mm-hmm. down. It's I, also yeah. got a shit ton of really 
uh, talented people, but like the, the cinematographer is uh, Matthew Libatique, who is the Darren Aronofsky's go-to guy. Really? Yes. And, I mean, this movie looks fucking and, great. And like the costume and like costume design and stuff like that is uh, Nicholas Winding Refn's dude. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, Aaron Banash, I think. Uh, she did like uh, Drive and the Neon Demon. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, that's like, great. There's a lot of there's talented a, folk in the crew. Yes. Yeah. Like there's a lot of people behind the cameras that are just like really fucking good at making really good looking movies. I love the like one of my favorite uh, like production design scenes of the of the flick is um, and it's in the trailer too, but it's when uh, uh, it's when Black Mask is like going to his mask is in this like lounge room with all mm-hmm. this like weird art and stuff like that and uh i love like the way that room looks yes. like i love everything about it uh i will say i don't know if i love his mask yeah i don't think you're supposed to as well yeah. i think it's supposed to be kind of like a goofy thing yeah there's one scene because like that prop i think is all about the way it's like lit and they also made the choice to make it like um, you know how some masks do the mouth move when you move your mouth. Yeah, they made the, an interesting choice to make it. It's kind got of be like one a of those. rubbery kind of because he's yeah. got it over his chin, so when he's moving his mouth and screaming, you can kind of see it moving a bit. I I like the idea of Black Mask's mask being like it's his battle helmet. It's just like I'm. It's bulletproof. You can't fucking hit me in the dome when I have mm-hmm. this thing on. But they didn't make that choice in this movie. But there's one standout scene where he's wearing the mask, and it's when he shoots Montoya. And it's like the it's the shot reverse shot of like when he just shot her and they see it and it is fucking like beautiful black mm-hmm. mask because like they lit it it's like I don't really like it in any other scene but that scene it's like that's ten out of ten mm-hmm. like that's fucking beautiful yeah. I, want, it, I want like and a it, still it, of it. it impacts you even more because it comes right after a big shock of yeah. like Montoya getting shot and you're just like whoa we oh. and I do because like, you don't know what this movie's gonna do like you're like we're no. into the end now are they all gonna make it out of this it there's actual kind of stakes because you just like. Well, they're not going to kill fucking Captain America because fucking Endgame comes out next year. Like, right. they're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's even if you're like, oh, it's possible they could. You kind of know this deep movie's down. this movie's not tied to anything. Exactly. So you can do everything. Mm-hmm. And by the end of it, I really like the idea that like maybe Harley Quinn does become the next big crime boss, and then the third movie is kind of like her versus the Birds of Prey. Like, I don't know. I think that's an interesting setup. Like, mm-hmm. I buy that. Like, I'm into it. You know. Um. I like that her moral compass hasn't changed too much. Yeah. She's like uh, kind of like – she's a scumbag and she's, yeah. a, she's a criminal. Uh, yes. But she's also kind of like – you know, she's kind of a sweetheart. She's got a little bit of a soft she, – like she says, she's like she's, she's kind of a softie. Yeah. Uh, but she's definitely like hurting people Yes, um, that are not all bad, you know. No. Cops. Not, not <laughs> all of them are bad. Not all of them, I guess. No. That egg sandwich that she, the one she loses, and then when she gets it, I never wanted a bacon, egg, and cheese, salt, pepper, ketchup, Mm -hmm. and in that case, hot sauce. I've never wanted one so bad in my entire fucking life. I I could have been like, if it was like in the morning, I would have been like, yo, pause this fucking movie. Let's go get bacon, egg, and cheese right now. That's why I'm excited to open up the kitchen because then we can watch that and we can go, yo, that's the special for the week. We're going to make bacon, Bacon, egg, egg, and and cheese sandwich just like that. Hell yeah. That's going to be cool. That'll be fun, man. Um, Before we start working into our wrapping up, uh, the last thing I would like to talk about Mm -hmm. is the animated intro. We do know that uh, uh, Robert Anderson is known – that's who I am. Uh, Robert Anderson is known across the globe. 
Some would say this is the universe. The universe that I am a a connoisseur uh, of delectable uh, animation, cartoons. You put it on paper, you put it on the screen of the like. And that is is my bread and butter. And I am the one who just knows everything about it. Uh, I love that animated intro uh, because... It looks like it's, like, it doesn't look like it's directly pulled from, like, the WB animation, like, so, uh, I, I guess before, let me restart. Let me Please. restart this thought process. Sure. Harley Quinn comes from the, like, animated Batman series. She yes. didn't get her start in the comic book. She got her start in the cartoon. Mm-hmm. And I really like that this animated sequence is, like, kind of made to look like kind of, uh, like it, it's different enough, but it really does look like you know your WB Animation Studio, your Animaniacs, your Batman animated 100%, series, yeah. the D, the Justice League series. Like it all looks like it's like from that old school nineties. Yeah, it's got that real like Roger Rabbit kind yes, of yes, yes, and like and that's like some of you know uh, Jack just got me the he got me the Blu-rays of the Batman animated series, mm. and like you watch that show and you pause it on some of the things you're like, yeah, make that into just a fucking painting. And I just like hang that up. It's like one of the, it's, it's seriously like some of the best animation out there. And I really appreciate that. They had this intro sequence where they like use their old school designs, but they also use like the old school art in a way. And I thought that was like a really like smart homage mm-hmm. to introduce you into this almost like, cause this movie, it's a soft reboot of what we got in suicide squad. I think a little bit. I mean, they're they're using the soft reboot kind of stuff a little tentatively. You know, characters are going to reappear. Characters appear in this who are in Suicide Squad that they like. She like they see they a wants person for Captain Boomerang, yeah. and she would not know who Captain Boomerang was if it wasn't for Suicide Squad. But then they're also going to be having some characters from Suicide Squad in the Suicide Squad, which is the sequel. Yeah, and it's just kind of like they're just like you know what that first one like those events like happened. But, like, they're not important, and we're just going to kind of take the little things that we like, and we're going to put them in this, and we're going to add some more stuff that we hopefully like better. I mean, even when you, every time you see the Joker in this movie, unless it's, like, a behind-the-head shot that's, like, a second, and you're like, yeah, that is Jared Leto's Joker, I think. You could easily be like, who, I guess it's not, I don't Mm -hmm. know. And then every time you see an image of him, or, like, in the animated intro sequence, it's, it's the classic Joker. Um, it's just like those little touches that I really appreciate. Like it's, yeah. like, it's that little stuff that I think is really good. Um, and you know, when the 2020 Oscars roll around, yeah. you give this, you give this the award for hair, makeup, costume and production design. And this time I think I'd stand behind it. Sure. <laughs> uh, uh, Birch, is there any other closing thoughts about Birds of Prey that you would like to talk about? Uh, I just, I really like how much of like a breath of fresh air this movie is. Uh, it's a good on the... start to 2020. It is. Yeah. It's it's uh, exciting. Uh, you know, we got Sonic the Hedgehog right around the corner, so who I knows how long it'll hold that title. Wait. <laughs> um, but there, there's a um, there's a cleverness and uh, not to be you know, too poetic about it, but there is a softness to the movie, even with its like scummy grit and grime and swearing and 
violence. It's very sweet. It's very sweet. Yeah. It's a very sweet movie without being, you know, like too sweet where it's like, oh, it's the it's the girl super villain movie. But there's a sweetness that's just like that's like completely earnest and humble and just very the movie's very earnest, which yes. is something that I can say a recent DC movie is fucking not. Yes. It's the movie is not only very aware of what it is and very aware of what it wants to be. It's also very capable of doing that. I also think this movie is a good example of like fan service in the right way. And a movie that's like, sure. we really like comic book fans. We really like making comic book movies. We don't need to make a movie that rebels against both those things and trick you into thinking we're smart. Well, I think that it's it's like you can do something like that. And I would love to see that movie when it's made. Uh, <laughs> 100%. Yeah. But it's, I think it's... You know, when you're not trying to break the mold, like, in, you know, all ragging on Joker aside, it's just a fun <laughs> movie to make fun of at this point. Yeah. Um, I do. I do like what Joker is trying to do. I like the I experiment think that it's, of it. I think it's yeah. a very interesting experiment. And like we said on our uh, Oscars podcast, and I'm sure we'll talk about more on our best of. Um, Joker is a movie that is just kind of hindered by the things that it missteps. That yeah. I believe it missteps in, and there's just so many of those that are so tiny that they build up to one big thing, and you can't help but remove it from the movie. Whereas Birds of Prey, uh, and the only reason I'm making the comparison is it, it's from the same studio, it's and it's yeah. it's DC and Warner Brothers. Like they are doing these things simultaneously. Yeah. I like that they're doing it. That's different from Marvel. They're doing a different thing. It's interesting. It's as if the same studio was making both like Venom and Morbius as like. Avengers Endgame and Far yeah. From Home. It's it's an interesting um, experiment. They're they're kind of like scattershot mentality with these IPs uh, is kind of paying off. Yes, and that is very interesting. Yeah. Where you know, like we, everyone always talks about the Mar- like the Marvel movies as being you know, I feel like the the general way to talk about it is a, is a machine. It's a bunch of different cogs operating together, kind of making the one big machine, which is like your end games or your, or your Avengers movies kind of operate all together. And that's what Disney does is it, it imagineers these machines. Yeah. It builds these machines that are just like now it's amusement parks. That's how we make money. And now it's uh, digitally animated movies and we made Pixar. Yeah. Now that's how I mean, we it's, it really is like Disney World on the screen. That's like what Avengers movies uh, that, is. Disney Plus, that Disney Plus is revolutionizing how TV shows are released on streaming services. And the budget pe- and the budgets it seems that they get. Exactly. Like these movies seem fucking I mean Mandalorian is fucking insane looking. Yes. It's crazy. But yes. not to like yes. 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 Not to spend too much time on that, but just to, to show it as a difference to what DC's doing and they they clearly have a different strategy. But you know, I, I'm very curious to see where DC's at in another four years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's as much as like I we talked about and like I'm the first person to rag on a lot of DC movies and I don't like the Joker and I don't like Batman vs Superman. I don't like Man of Steel and I kind of think Shazam's okay and I think Aquaman looks cool. Uh, I definitely want all those properties to be good. And, you know, if we can get things like your Harley Quinn's, your really colorful, fun, R-rated superhero movies, Mm -hmm. and you can get things like a Matt Reeves fucking Batman. Mm -hmm. I think we're in a good spot. I mean, I'm trying to think about and make sure that I'm catching all the DC movies because there's some weird little ones in there that I might be forgetting. But I think that this might be my favorite DC movie since The Dark Knight. Right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Hundred, yeah, hundred like, percent. Like I like Aquaman, and I'll probably dig Shazam. I think you'll dig it, but it, you know, but like yeah. this is genuinely had like, and also oof, that runtime. Can we talk about that, that under, nice crisp? Mm, ooh, an hour and forty five minutes. Thank you, say. you darling. Thank, thank you, you darling. Appreciate it. Very good. Got Love time it. to do my taxes. Yeah, we can go home and TurboTax yeah. later. It's only one o'clock. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I I, uh, I I really love the the movie. The movie's just uh, it's it's a good movie. Yeah, it comes down to that. It's uh, it's just uh, there are, there are these things called movies, and some of I've them are of them. good, and some of them are bad. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes the good ones are good uh, for many different reasons, and sometimes the bad ones are bad for many different reasons. And this one right here just happens to be a good movie because it's energetic, it's fun, it's positive, it sticks its landing, it knows what it wants to do, it's good at doing them. It's got a stellar fucking cast, just filled with yeah. a bunch of up and comers and solid legends. <laughs> And it's funny. It's kind of fucking sad at certain parts. It's got a real thing to say about being abused and feeling used and just feeling like you're worthless because you're always being put up against the people who are considered more powerful than you based on their social structure or even just their fucking gender. Uh, It's got all those fun things. And it's also just got an entire MacGuffin that revolves around a little girl taking a shit. Yeah. It's it's fun. It's really really fun. Uh, she's a little girl, right? Like she's supposed to be like 17, 16, 15 years I think, old or something. I think younger, honestly. Right? Okay, yeah. good. A little pickpocket. I don't know. Yeah, no, no. She could just be like a street rat. She's know? a little she's like, street rat. Yeah, she's like, I'm thirty eight years old. <laughs> I don't <laughs> fuck you, Harley Quinn. Uh, the last scene I want to shout out before we start to wrap up is uh, when she gets smacked in the face by Black Mask, and they okay. have that insane dance sequence inside her mind inside her mind i was just like like, she's insane like she's she's crazy she's she's crazy yeah Yeah, i was just like this as much as i like the whole movie i wish we got a little bit more of like what does the cuckoo clock look like inside her head yes because if it looks like that all the time give me a fucking art piece of that like Mm -hmm. that shit is so cool it's one of the best examples too and it's not in a Joker movie or in a movie that has the Joker as a villain it's one of the best uses of in the comic books the things that Joker does that are exciting and different and wacky and don't make sense but they're still dangerous and cool and that's her breaking into the police station and shooting people with like the smoke flares and the confetti and the like all this stuff if it was a single take it would have been her like hammer scene from old boy like it's it's, it's a smart choice to like not have her go in there with guns blazing and just having her shoot a bunch of people like that's one of the things with Suicide Squad is it's it's very gun heavy I'm very sensitive to guns in movies if it's used correctly I'm really into it. If it's used in a very bombastic kind of like self-referential way, yeah. I can get a little uncomfortable with it. Guns are bad. I've been around a lot of guns in the military. The guns are very fucking bad. That's kind of why I had a weird issue with uh, uh, Zombieland 2. Yes. Which I didn't realize I was going to have. I have a weird know? relationship with Zombieland because of that. Because yeah. it's because it's so kind of lighthearted but at the same time super violent. But zombies are kind of different. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I can, to- I can still I see I mean like, that. you know, when you watch like your – you know, the Marvel movies or stuff like that. And I just, I bring it up not just because it's Marvel versus DC, but the superheroes, like guys, you know, you have Falcon flying around shooting guns, but like, it's weird. He's, it's, it's always out of place, but luckily he's always firing them at like monsters. Yes. It's like why Halo can kind of get away with like everything it does. Cause you're never shooting another person in Halo. Yeah. And if you are, it's like multiplayer and you're in like a, like the, the narrative is that you're in like a game room. almost mm-hmm. like X-Men. Yeah. And that's not to say like I'm high and mighty over like, 
And I'll pl- I'm going to play Red Dead Redemption 2. I swear to God, yeah. I'm going to play it. And also, you know, John Wick yes. is a movie we very much and like. There's, there's like a – because it just does it right. And really – he also is very reluctant to I, do it every time. Yes. You can see it in and his fucking I, I face. I also wish that I would I wish that I can one day attain a level of film criticism and being able to explain the thoughts that are going around in my head in a articulate way to be able to articulate what it is about a movie like John Wick or, you know, a James Bond movie. It's just like it's the charm of it and kind of like the you know, the legacy of it and stuff like yeah. that. But I, I, it's, and it's just like, it kind of weirds me out. And just like the, the fact that like they find ways to like get around the guns. I mean, this. In uh, this, and she just shoots a guy in the head. At well, one that's point. what I was going to say, but it make it matters it when makes, it happens. It matters. It, it yes. gives it weight. The minute that guns are shot in this movie, yes. you're kind of like, Oh fuck. Someone has a weapon they have here. Guns that they can hurt people. They can act, they can do a murder. It's not just like someone gets their like, I guess all of their teeth broken. <laughs> I mean, and it's just fun to watch Marco Robbie beat the shit out of a bunch of fucking meatheads with a baseball with a baseball bat. bat with the butt of a shotgun with a mallet. With a mallet, it's yeah. cool to see her take blunt objects and beat the, and shit, beat the shit out, out of people yeah. with them. It's really good. I, I cannot praise the the action set pieces in this movie. It's it the was, thing that really makes the movie. Like yes. all of the characters are cool, all of the performances are cool. If the, the action sucked, we would have it would have been a different conversation. And the action is just like above anything that I thought it would be. A hundred percent. Hell yeah! I, you know this movie's good. I think I might try and see it again. Totally. I really liked it. This I, is one that I'd like to take somebody who hasn't seen it. It's a lot like 1917 yeah. where I'm like, I want to take someone who hasn't seen it to go check it out and be like, no, seriously, you have to check it out. It's yeah. really cool. It's an hour and 45 I'm also – yeah, that too. <laughs> I'm also, I'm also excited. What? Sometimes being at the theater, like when you see a movie that you don't really like for yeah. your own reasons or whatever and people are seeing it and they're coming out and they have – if someone likes something I don't like, it's not that big of a deal. It's just like kind of hard for me to like tone myself down and and have that conversation with people as they leave the theater. Mm-hmm. I hope that people leave this movie excited, and I'm so pumped to like have like excited conversations about this movie. And mm-hmm. I really hope people come out to see it. I want this to be, you know, I hope that they do another one because I feel mm-hmm. like they cracked the code, man, and I kind of want another one. I mean, I would say if you know cuz I know we want to wrap up and yeah. I'm sorry. Uh no, that's I would say that you know we are they DC the WBDC studio. Yeah. They've just got Joker, which is this uh, Academy Award, like just uh, the, the, all these it's a awards. Juggernaut. It's a juggernaut. Yeah, and they never saw it coming, and it's made so much fucking money. Yeah, and then they have Birds of Prey, which is already a critical success, and it'll probably make a lot of money. I hope so, man. And then they have Wonder Woman eighty four, which is already just it, if unless something crazy happens, like I don't know, the world fucking ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, th- that's going to be another massive hit for them in the summer. Yeah. And I don't think that they have anything slotted for the end of the year, but I also feel like maybe they do, and I'm just not remembering what it is. But I, I, I'd imagine that they probably have something around the end of the year right there. But even if they don't, those three back-to-back... You're good. I think it's going to be good. I think if Birds of Prey is anywhere near as financially successful as it is critically successful right now, 
They're going to be yeah. good. And I think Wonder Woman 84 is just going to continue to ride that train of the original Wonder Woman, which it was just like people just kept going to go see it. because like Wonder like, Woman a lot. Look, yeah. look at it. That, that movie has its criticisms, but it's generally like well-remembered, you know? Yeah. The conversations about Wonder Woman are never about how it falls apart at the end mm-hmm. unless you like are getting into it, you know? Yeah. The only bad thing I still have to say about Wonder Woman is the boat scene, which is just really fucking weird. The boat scene is just really I think when she weird. fights that fucking monster Well, the guy, ending, I think the ending is also yeah. generally people are kind of like, I mean, yeah, but like, give, I would give it to him. Shazam and Wonder Woman like share a very similar genome in that sense, where it's just like interesting setup, and then the layup kind of like bounces on the rim a little bit. I mean, and you're like, well, you know, and that's the like I think that's the, a lot of that's the a lot first of act movies. of this movie of Birds of Prey is very energetic and kinetic, and it's fun to learn the rules of the. It universe was a little hard in. for me to get into it though, like yeah. the. the Doing it, it's very exposition heavy. It's very explainy, mm-hmm. um, and you know every a lot of moments of this movie, everything's getting ex- explained to mm-hmm. you. And it wasn't until it kind of really like kind of starts gelling together, and like I think f- not it finding its footing, but it's finding its footing for me. Mm-hmm. Me finding its footing, perhaps that I start. I really think that they. With it I think that they do the exposition and the explaining in a in a in a good enough way. Because you need to know what's going on, yeah. and there's ways to do it that are just kind of like don't feel natural. That's the thing. This movie's so fucking natural. Well, they, that I think that's why like the Guy Ritchie stuff really works. Because like if we're going to do exposition, let's mm-hmm. also have graphics, yes. or let's also do this, and that's those are good let's tools. Have fun. Let's have fun. Those are good tools to kind of distract the audience from the fact that they're maybe just telling you a lot of yeah. information. They're just getting the information out of the yeah. way so that you can watch Ewan McGregor Scream. and Chris Messina just like, have a really good time. And they get to just do that. And it's eating fun. like, I don't know. Was he Is the idea, he's a germaphobe. Is that kind of the implication? I think that's what's going on with the right? gloves and everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I buy it. All right. Damn, uh, that scene where he makes that girl get up on the table. Oh my God. That was fucking terrible there's like i mean in a good way <laughs> yeah but yeah. there's like there's and there's uh, and again there's a, a a functionality to that scene that seems kind of off where it's like maybe it's not cut together correctly or something was kind of taking me out of it and maybe it's because it was such a real kind of dark moment in the middle of this like kind of fun energetic thing to make you scared of him i think that's but you're yeah. also you kind of like him because like you're charmed by his villain villainous character i think but i think they did it on purpose where it kind of feels very Odd. They, I think one of the elements of his character that they could have done a better job showing you is that he's paranoid. Yeah. And that would have, that also would have, with with the germaphobe and the Harley Quinn thing and the germaphobe thing. And I think that's the idea that he's, he's afraid people are betraying him. He's in a position of power. Mm -hmm. He's like, he's like the paranoid king who thinks everyone's out to get him, you know? And he wants to own everything. Exactly. He's a control first thing is like when Harley Quinn isn't owned by the Joker anymore. She's owned by the Joker. Like she's a thing. Exactly. And it, that's the funnest part of Harley Quinn's character arc in this is realizing that she doesn't have to be someone's thing. She doesn't have to yeah. go from the Joker to somebody else. She can be her own thing and have maybe her own thing as well. Yeah. Like with um, Cassandra Khan, like she can and yeah. like Harley Quinn and associate, like mm-hmm. they're going to go together and like do a bunch of crimes and be Weird a bunch stuff. of scumbums. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be great. It's going to be good. <sighs> All right. I think uh, we, like this movie a lot. I like it a lot. I'm glad we talked about it. It was a lot of fun. Um, and 
Hot Takes is not the only podcast on storiesfrombeacon.com. Storiesfrombeacon.com is a host to many types of content. If you go on that website, you'll be able to find articles, reviews, other podcasts like Catholic Raycast, which is our TV podcast hosted by Bernadette Gorman-Wright. Bernadette Gorman-White. It's 1.30 in the morning. I got it. Um, And then there's also Trikai 9, which is a podcast covering the best movies of 1999. Uh, there's also Overdrinkers, hosted by this guy, um... Black Mask. Black... <laughs> Hellboy, um, where he has guests and they drink a thing and talk about a thing. And that's a really good podcast as well. So, if you guys are interested in any of our other shows, please go on storiesandbeacon.com. You can also find our podcast on Spotify, on iTunes, and pretty much anywhere else where you can find podcasts. Uh, if you're also on our website, buy a fucking t-shirt. They're 20 bucks. Um, and also while you're there, you can see our showtimes for the Story Screen Beacon Movie Theater located on 445 Main Street in Beacon, New York. It's pretty easy to find. It's fuck. It has a big sign that says what it is, and uh, it's, it's easy. I should have said Justin Lin was the host of Overdrinkers. Well, you can only... <laughs> fuck. Sorry, old boy. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Hot Takes. I'm your host, Robert Anderson, who needs to go to bed because he has to be back in this building early tomorrow. Oh, yeah. So do I. Yeah, we should go. Yeah, we got to go. Yeah, we got to go. We got to go. What's your name again? Mike Birch. Cool. Uh, Follow us on the places, and it was great doing this episode. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter. We're going to start doing a lot of fun stuff on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We're doing fun shit on there. Get on there. Fun stuff. Get ahead of it. Fun. uh, At story (laughs) underscore screen on Twitter and at story underscore screen underscore beacon on Instagram. Yes. 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 Delete your Facebook. You don't need it. You don't need it. I don't really use it. I don't. Bye. Okay. Um, Any woody banter you want to have before we get going? Um. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I guess you know we could talk about. Uh, <coughs> the Oscars are on Sunday. Yeah. This episode will be coming out after the Oscars have already happened. Oh, well, I can't believe that. Um, Parasite won Best Picture. I'm very happy about it. Yeah, and I can't believe that uh, Roger Deakins won cinematography. Yeah, that was uh, exciting and disappointing to some, I'm sure, Mm -hmm. as it goes. Yeah, it was also really exciting when Eminem just showed up and started playing a song that doesn't make any sense. And everyone in the room went, this doesn't make any sense, but tried to be nice about it. And even Eminem looked like he was like, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, when that happened. Yeah. Yeah. It's also, I, it's also really wild that we knew that that was going to happen. I, I wasn't surprised. And most people probably won't believe that we're actually recording this before we've seen <laughs> the Oscars. they're like, holy shit, can they, but, can they see know, to the future? I'm pretty sure we just called it. Yeah, I think so.